This is Monday Mindset with Isha Warriors, episode 16, No Time for Toxic People. Aloha. My name is Ali Lothane. I've been empowering and inspiring others through yoga for over 15 years, specializing in yoga for teens. If you are ready to live life to the fullest and love it along the way, let's enjoy the journey together. Hi, you guys. Today is week eight of our eight-week series, Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. It has been an incredible two months. I know I have learned so much and been able to apply so many things to my own personal life during these weeks, and I hope you guys have gleaned a thing or two as well. If you would like to deepen your practice and and your journey in this freedom from depression and anxiety, toxic thoughts. You guys, I created over 40 videos, over 40 yoga videos to go along with these podcasts. Yoga absolutely brings wholeness to mind, body, and spirit. It helps unify and um, enrich So all of those videos with the podcasts and the journal prompts that go along with each week are all going to be available to purchase within a couple days. So excited. Check it out. All right. Without further ado, we are going to get started today here. I think it's only appropriate that I start this podcast with just a little highlight from each week from the last eight weeks. Pause. Breathe deep. Acknowledge without judgment. Be still. There is power in staying in the now. Embrace the lesson and let go. Be the hero of your own story and do whatever it takes to create a life you love to live. Maya Angelou once said, do the best you can, and once you know better, do better. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Go through the cycle all over again as often as needed. Rinse and repeat. Years ago, my husband and I discovered road bikes, and we fell in love with cycling. With their lightweight frames and thin tires, you get on a smooth road and you are in heaven, experiencing the outdoors in a way totally different than running or driving. I want you to imagine that you're on a ride with me. Where we bike out here in Indiana, there are uncrowded country roads for miles on end to explore. Let's say it's first thing in the morning and you are watching the haze lift over the farm fields and rays of sunlight stream through stalks of corn. Birds chirp and soar overhead. The air is crisp but not too cold. The wind is a gentle breeze. We are going for a long ride. When you go a long distance, 
it is important to refuel as you go along to maintain your pace and endure with energy to the end. Therefore, you have to master the art of reaching down for your water bottle and taking a drink and twisting your arm behind you to grab a protein bar or energy goo or whatever it is from your jersey back pocket. You have to unwrap it and eat it, all while still trying to keep your rhythm and staying with your group, or what they call a peloton. I am going to tell you, it is a little nerve-wracking for me. Road bikes are sensitive creatures, and wiping out is always a probability. It takes practice to keep moving, stay balanced, and do what you need to to refuel. It is often a bit messy and awkward. It often means communicating with your riding buddies that you need to slow down for a minute to take a drink, etc. However, experienced cyclists are so practiced at it, they can do it all so smoothly without seeming to skip a beat. For the last eight weeks, I've talked about how we can gain momentum over our depression, anxiety, toxic toxic thoughts, and so on. Being the boss of our brains is easier when we are in yoga class, praying, journaling, or talking with a counselor or a therapist. But what about when we are in real time? What about when we are in the moment, when we are mid-ride? For me, doing thought work in real time is like trying to refuel when I am cycling. It is often messy and awkward, and I'm all over the road in my thoughts and emotions, and a little bit scared that I might fall. Last Monday, I recorded my podcast in the early hours of the morning, and I was just so excited for the day ahead of me. Then I opened my emails, and my Voxer, and I read my texts. I am currently helping to put on a week-long summer camp for our area youth group. And that day, I learned that one of our major players in the event was no longer going to be able to come. And on a completely unrelated topic in different texts, I had sent an email out to all the leaders that was totally misinterpreted by a couple people. And instead of reaching out to me for clarification, you know, they didn't. And what was a molehill snowballed into a mountain within hours involving all kinds of people. Oh, and I kept thinking about the very words I had shared in my podcast that morning. I was like, Allie, acknowledge the thing that happened. What are you feeling? Is that thought helpful? Is that one? What emotion are you feeling right now? However, as my phone pinged repeatedly throughout the day, I felt like multiple things were unraveling at once. It made it harder to separate my thoughts out and my emotions and just to process things. All the thoughts and feelings often can combine and then they come into one big snowball. And before you know it, it's rolling downhill, getting bigger with each moment. I found all kinds of different emotions kept bubbling up to the surface. I felt overwhelmed. Then I was totally at peace and calm and it's all going to work out. Then I was in shock, defensive, discouraged, hurt, feeling justified, angry, embarrassed. Oh, which one do I pick? Where do I even start? 
Remember that creation journal I talked about last week? At one point, I wryly thought to myself, this is definitely not what I wrote in my journal to happen today. (laughs) Because reality is we are processing all the thoughts and emotions on the go. Meaning, regardless of what happened in second period, you're still expected to show up in third period. No matter what was said in the locker room before the game, you're still expected to go out and play your best. There are still tasks you have to get done at work, regardless if your phone is blowing up with a he said, she said texting thread or your child is having a meltdown. Each one of your scenarios are different, right? But I hope you get the point. The principle is the same. We are riding along in our day and still expected to keep pedaling and stay with the pack. Even when things happen that throw us off balance. And it can be tricky to do when we need to refuel, when we need to handle the situation. It is tricky to process and unpack all the thoughts and emotions and keep showing up for the things you need to get done. In my case, Monday, despite all the things that kept popping up, I still had to go teach classes, be present with my five-year-old when I wasn't teaching, go grocery shopping, make dinner, drive my tribe to all their different activities, attend a school concert, etc., etc. It was a packed day. And trying to handle it all while also trying not to ignore my preschooler and taking care of the daily mundane for the family, I found myself thinking, man, this sucks. (laughs) I am exhausted. And in that moment, I was reminded of the very words I'd recorded that morning. What can I do to make today better by 8 p.m.? Jillian Pransky said, may I recognize when I need to pause and start over. I love that. May I recognize when I need to pause and start over instead of just pedaling straight through. You might need to tell your writing buddies that you need to slow down and take a minute. You might need to find a quiet corner, a bathroom stall, or just pause while you're at a red light and take a deep, mindful, cleansing breath or two. That day, I asked for help. I delegated. I chose to counsel with a couple people I knew would not create more drama, but could give me unbiased perspective. I talked with a couple people who truly know and love me, who reminded me of my worth. I also looked for tender mercies, like a friend who I hadn't seen in months randomly voxed me that very day to tell me she had a funny dream that I was in and she was thinking about me and wanted to know how I was. I just, I needed to hear that familiar voice that day. And lastly, I made a conscious effort to put everything on a shelf when I went to my daughter's concert. And I used the tools I talked about in week three to focus on my different senses, my hearing, my sight, smell, all those things to stay really present at that concert, even though my mind really wanted to circle back to the drama of the day. I felt like I was able to rinse out so many toxic thoughts and emotions that by the time I went to bed, I felt a lot more peace. But what do you think the first thing 
was on my mind the next morning. Big surprise. It was time to rinse and repeat. I played No Time for Toxic People by Imagine Dragons loudly as I breathed in the beautiful morning air and noticed how gorgeous the day was as I drove my daughter to preschool. Music and being present in the moment helped shift my focus back to what was most important to me. I did yoga that morning with an incredible teen. Getting to do something that was so beneficial to me, body, mind, and soul with such a joyful person by my side shifted my physical and emotional to calm, peace, and joy. And I took time to write down a few lessons I had learned just from the day before, which helped give me wisdom and insight and feel renewed hope and allow me to move on. Brooke Chapman Coral once said, on the outside, I am a human being who can make mistakes and fall short of my best. I reflect on what happened and then pause, inhale a deep cleansing breath and move from human judgment to a space of divine love. This is an opportunity to find compassion for myself and others. Whether you are the one who made a mistake or others' mistakes affect you, the sooner we can move to a place of compassion for ourselves and for others, the sooner we can feel confident in ourselves once more and be free from toxic people. The sooner we are able to let it all rinse through us, the sooner we feel light and hopeful. There is an amazing children's book called Zen Shorts. And one of the short stories, the wise panda named Stillwater shares with children is called A Heavy Load. And I want to read that to you. A Heavy Load. Two traveling monks reached a town where there was a young woman waiting to step out of her sedan chair. The rains had made deep puddles, and she couldn't step across without spoiling her silken robes. She stood there, looking very cross and impatient. She was scolding her attendants. They had nowhere to place all the packages they held for her, so they couldn't help her across. The younger monk noticed the woman, said nothing, and walked by. The older monk quickly picked her up, put her on his back, and transported her across the water, and put her down on the other side. She didn't thank the older monk. She just shoved past him out of her way and departed. As they continued on their way, the young monk was brooding and preoccupied. After several hours, unable to hold his silence anymore, he spoke out. That woman back there was very selfish and rude, but you picked her up on your back and carried her. Then she didn't even thank you. I love what the older monk replies. He says, I set the woman down hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? 
Why are you still carrying your heavy load? Or perhaps you are carrying a heavy load of someone else. What inner conflict wages within you? Pick one thing. Go through all the steps we've talked about over the last eight weeks. Learn what you are meant to learn and recognize what you are meant to let go of. Then do it all again. Because like they said in the Imagine Dragons song, No Time for Toxic People, it's a beautiful day. And I am going to keep it that way. So I gave myself a personal challenge after that day. Um, After hearing a really inspiring talk, I decided the next time I got an email that was critical of the way I lead or something I said or done or perhaps something I didn't say or do that they thought should be done, the first thing I was going to choose to think was this. I rejoice in the greatness of your heart. I rejoice in the greatness of your heart. Because the fact is, whoever that person is, they believe very strongly that what they are saying needs to be heard. I might not agree with them. I might not apologize or change what's been said or done. But if I can think that, I acknowledge that this person is doing the best they can with the information and experience they have. Lucky me, you guys, I have already had a chance to rise to my challenge. Another email regarding the camp I'm helping with and a totally different person and a totally different topic from what I had dealt with a few days ago was sent to me. And I thought, I rejoice in the greatness of your heart. And it immediately moved me from this defensive space to one of honest curiosity. I wonder why they felt the need to email me that. Is it important? Do I need to respond tonight? Can it wait till tomorrow? I feel like I put on my big girl pants and I handled the scenario even more maturely than the one I did a few days ago. I am learning. And heaven help me, I know I will have so many more opportunities to keep learning. I also know that most of you listening here aren't planning some huge event right now. But no matter how old you are, no matter what scenario of life you are in, people can be mean, ignorant, and critical. And I know that circumstances unexpectedly drop in your lap or blow up in your face, regardless. And I'd say very few of us have put in the miles on our road bikes to become experienced at refueling with total ease while we cycle, with doing the thought work on the go. But I believe we can. And It excites me so much to know that there are teenagers who are listening to this podcast and they are learning these tools at an early age. You guys, these things are going to help you live your life with resiliency and courage. Winston Churchill once said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Have courage to put in the time and consistency 
to do the thought work, to examine the emotions, to learn. Those avid cyclists who have the balance to cycle and drink their water bottles and take their protein bars in and even take some selfies along the way while still going 20 miles an hour or more, they're hitting the road almost every day. They're going the distance every day. None of what I have taught over the last eight weeks is a one and done type of thing. It is going out into the real world and practicing while we ride and getting back up again after we've wiped out epically and going to the hospital and getting help if we've been seriously injured. That is to say, if we don't feel like we can get leverage over our thoughts and emotions on our own, hire a life coach, see a therapist, talk to a counselor, ask for help. Do not try to ride out there alone. Draft whenever you possibly can. Drafting is when one cyclist positions themselves a couple feet behind another cyclist. And it's like magic. The resistance is cut exponentially. And you literally get pulled behind the lead cyclist and can keep up with half the effort. It's amazing. I always draft off my husband when we ride together. It's a win-win. He can go as fast as he wants and I can keep up. Do not hesitate to draft off professionals, parents, friends, talk with people who care about you and will listen with unbiased perspective. But don't ever skimp on taking the time to reflect, listen, and learn from yourself. Remember, you are your greatest advocate. You know when you are riding full of energy or feeling totally wiped out and what you need in that moment. I want to read that quote one more time from Maya Angelou. It is one of my all-time favorites. Do the best you can. And once you know better, do better. That's all we need to do. Take it one day at a time. Do the best you can. And once you know better, do better. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat, because stress isn't going away. Tough choices aren't going away. But how we respond to them, and even more importantly, how they affect us, can change. Nelson Mandela once said, it always seems impossible until it's done. It is my prayer for you to do the impossible with tenacity, compassion, and hope. Thanks for listening in today. If what you heard resonated with you, let me continue to uplift, love, and inspire you through the online yoga classes I teach at ishawarriors.com. Isha Warriors is a -a one-of-a-kind platform created just for teens and accessible to the whole family. We offer chair yoga, beginner's yoga, all levels vinyasa and restorative, so yoga can meet you and your family's needs wherever you're at on your journey. If you enter in the code 
podcast 30, that's podcast in all capital letters, 30, you'll receive $30 off the annual teen membership. The first week is free. So why wait another minute to bring more peace and confidence into your life? See you on the mat.